When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eating prey like bazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to. Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I don't call it the off season. I call it the non playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the off season? You say it's the not the off season, it's the non playing season. I don't correct them, but I'll call it the not playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The, the NPO. Season. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. The NPO is over. We have returned from the first practice of Eagles Training Camp 2023, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman. Zach, how the heck are you? Doing great. Excited for this podcast. Thrilled the training camp's here. Thrilled for more regular podcasts. A chance to engage with you, with Kent, and with our audience. So excited for that. That's right. We're keeping it in the family. We got Kent back producing, for now at least. So uh, we love that. And we got a lot to talk about. We have uh, Nick Sirianni barking. Getting mad at his players for pre-snap penalties. A sloppy first day of practice. We've got lots of depth chart notes to get to. We've got Zach's pet project, which is making sure that DeAndre Swift sets the record for receiving yards for a running back in a season this year. We've got uh, a lot to talk about. We talked to Howie Roseman today. We talked to Sirianni. We talked to Jalen Hurts and Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, A.J. Brown. All these guys. We'll get to it. But before we get to that, we got to we got to send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman. Zach Berman was on the scene. What's the deal, Mr. Bermo? The Philadelphia Eagles were back at NovaCare Complex today, like we said, for the start of training camp with an old face returning to the group. Dennis Kelly officially signed his contract, a 12-year veteran who started his career with the Eagles, notably traded for Dorio Green Beckham, back where he started. Uh, in Philadelphia, uh, and was on the practice field wearing number 72. Number 67, of course, is unavailable because of Cameron Tom has that number. <laughs> so Dennis Kelly back with the team. Devin Allen starts the year on the non-football injury list. Uh, occurred, I believe it's a calf injury. Occurred outside the building, presumably when he was running. And Wow. Real uh, inverted pyramid see. here. No players... No players are on the pup list. That means Derek Barnett is healthy enough to play. He was limited at practice. We'll get to the injury report, as we always do, but that that makes the news segment today. Also worth uh, pointing out here is that Matt Leo, who read Bo Wolf's outstanding report. Uh, Bo does all the players on defense, all the players on offense, and special teams. It is really outstanding. And it, and it, it came out on Monday. 
And Bo noted how Matt Leo is one of the interesting storylines of the summer because he no longer has his international pathway exemption this year. So Matt Leo presumably read that and decided to retire from the NFL, uh, which is what he did. He is on the reserve retire list, but he's still with the team. Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia reported that Matt Leo is transitioning to coaching. Uh, so, you, so you saw him there kind of look like a, a bigger Connor Barwin from a distance. Mm. Um, and Maybe he'll buy a basketball team. With that, the Eagles also uh, signed Deion Kane. Deion Kane is with the team for a uh, from Lois and Clark, of course. Summer, what's that? From Lois and Clark. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. So that's the news from Novacare. We will get to everything that happened in between. Back to you in the studio, Bo. I mean, I feel like this is a like if 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 I had opened the show talking about. Matt Leo and Dion Kane, you'd be like, we talked to Howie Roseman today. We talked to Nick Sirianni. We talked to Jalen Hurts, and you're leading with Dion Kane. And you're you're well, going I, you're going that way. I didn't know you were report. pitching to the uh, uh, to the newsman. There there wasn't really hard news to report hmm. from we Nick always and start from with Howie. The newsman. What's that? We always start with the newsman. Yeah. But 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 that's with the hard news. This player is in this player's out they they signed him they traded him and there wasn't as much hard news from Nick and Howie actually the Eagles have a uh, uh compared to other NFC's teams a relatively quiet training camp you know the Giants have contract extensions and you know yeah, boy, disgruntled are they players stuff. keeping Cowboys have holdouts the Commanders have been sold and the Eagles show up and who, who Deion Kane's getting a question in the press conference. So, uh, yeah, so here we are. Who bought the Commanders? Well, a number of group, uh, a, a number of people in a group led okay. by Josh Harris, includes Magic Johnson. The Sixers guy? Yeah, he's part of the group that owns the Sixers as How's well. How's that going to work? Uh, I think you can circle back to April's pod or May's pods for that. All right. Uh, all right. Let's get, uh, let's get. The things that you mentioned before, um, the transactions they made, you talked about. Injury-wise, uh, only Devin Allen is out. Uh, Hassan Reddick has a little uh, bit of a, of a tight groin that. that's going to keep him out probably until early next week. And then you've got Avante Maddox and Derek Barnett, who are both limited today. That was the extent of the injury report, as you said. Uh, pretty healthy for the team. What do you make of the Hassan Reddick thing? You think there's like a... Uh, I think there's like a, a bit of a pay this man his money before I get on the practice field thing going on. It's certainly something to monitor. Now, he outperformed his contract last year, but he did sign. I mean, it's pretty rare to renegotiate a deal after one year, right? Um, so if you look at how edge rushers are paid, you look at Hassan Reddick's production. Hassan Reddick deserves more money, but again, it's the contract that he's on that he signed last year. I don't know if there's anything to it. We will certainly monitor. I, I don't want to ascribe something that, that uh, I don't have information on yet, but certainly something to see here. Okay. Certainly something to watch here. Uh, I think before we get to the Quactus report uh, of Craning Camp, let's let's talk a little bit about what we heard from Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. And I thought that this was um, like a little bit less – interesting than usual right like there, there wasn't a lot to ask howie um or nick uh, relative to usually when they talk there are a lot of things to ask him about i mean we're 
you know, you're you're asking Howie about uh, running back contracts getting paid and all this stuff. There's there's not that much going on. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's probably the way the team likes it. Yeah, right. It's it's what I I've referenced before when when things are are good and they're decidedly good right now. Um, there aren't these like hot hot button issues, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of there were a lot of questions that referred to coming off the Super Bowl loss. Uh, I had a story on on Monday about that. I, I do think that's from a big picture perspective something to monitor this season, and we can discuss the conditions that factor into it. Nick Sirianni has has done a study on it, or he had his coaching staff do a study on it. Um, you know, there was conversations ab- about the roster composition compared to 2017. If you remember, they were so banged up in that 2017 training camp, and then they signed a lot of old guys who were banged up uh, quickly in, in, into the season, and that's ha- and that's not the case this year. They don't really have players coming off that many major injuries, like you, like we've said, no one on the NF- on the uh, on the pup list, and then they signed mostly young guys or or guys in their mid 20s. Uh, in, in terms of the acquisitions, so yeah, it's it's calm waters right now, and you don't often ask, you know, how calm are these waters, right? That's that's not really a, a headline. Um, I hate to uh, say that the news industry kind of goes off of um, conflict, but there's not a lot of conflict, if you will, at Eagles camp, and that's that's uh, probably that, that. Well, that is decidedly a, a good thing for the Eagles, and. It's as, early. As There's going to be plenty of conflict. It's day one. Yeah, and and as as camp comes along, storylines come up, good or bad, right? Like not just I'm I'm not just saying conflict. There's there might be players that emerge. There might be you know standout things. But look, the Eagles took care of their family business, if you will, when they signed Jalen Hurts back in April, right? There's no lingering contract here. Um, you know the Chargers signed Justin Herbert yesterday. Uh, in in Cincinnati, there's questions about when Joe Burrow is going to be signed. You don't have that with the Eagles. You don't have this the headlining players coming off major injuries like you do in some other places. You don't have any uh, major contract things that we know about now, right? Uh, so so yeah, it's it's a it's calm waters at at Novacare. How about Jalen Hurts? What did you learn from him when he spoke after practice? Well, Jalen Hurts is he—he he likes to be in a place where they uh, maximize every part of his skill set. Um, but no, Jalen Hurts and I am embracing I, the uniqueness of my game. Well, I know the athlete. I, I mean, I—I I know you were quoting Jalen, but the same could be said about you. Uh, I think the past two days was an example of that. By the way, um, okay. Make sure you check out those stories on on the Athletic. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I—I—I I, I was curious to find out. If he had watched the quarterback documentary or, or docu series on Netflix, watch it, I live it. And he said he did not. And then he added in that he actually turned down the opportunity to be featured on it, both last year and this year. Uh, he said that uh, that well, he he did not rule out appearing in it sometime in the future. He said the time will come. There's a lot of the journey to be told and there's a lot yet to unfold that will be told one day uh so those are prophetic words from uh from from jalen hurts he he said if you want to go write something say it's about setting the identity of the team finding what it would be 
because it's different from year to year. And then asked what he wants the identity to be this year, he simply said, whatever wins. Simple it's going to be tough that. to write. <laughs> yeah, so I don't quite know That's what more of a tweet. identity he wants me to write. He wants me to write about them finding an identity that um, is about whatever wins. Mm. So it's a short article. How do you feel about this whole uh, X thing? Twitter X. Twitter, I mean, I, I, I'm i not privy to the um, you know discussions that I, I thought Twitter had a strong brand as it was, mm -hmm. right? I, 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 but, I mean, Elon Musk knows more about business than I do, so I imagine there's... Uh, I don't know. There's, I don't know if you need to be like reason, go yeah. around, you know, floating Elon Musk, giving him credit. I don't Just, think it's it's bold to say that that the founder of Tesla, that the that someone who who's had the business success that he's had. Uh, is a, knows more about business than I'm I do. I'm just saying, just because a, just because a person is, is accomplished and very rich doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, I I, uh, I don't know. I, I I listened to a really good interview. There are also about. different types of businesses. Sure, yeah. I'm I'm not privy to to, to what he's specifically doing at at Twitter. I uh, I think that. I have you found the, the changes was, have made your experience on the uh, website or app better? No, I I, I have not. Um, to, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I appreciate the honesty. Well, so, again, though it's it's not it's not commanding a lot of my time. You know, I I'm trying to I try to use uh, I try to use Twitter to share my stories to share Eagles information. But now, have you been dipping your beak into Threads? Yeah, I signed up for it, uh, and trying to get it into my daily habits. I, I, admittedly, um, am not reaching the the same volume of people on Threads mm. that I am on Twitter. So, uh, from a, from what my purpose is, which is to spread my stories, Joy. my information, it's 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 far more, um, it's far more effective to do so on Twitter right mm. now. But we'll see what happens. I'm not signing up for Threads. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no thanks. And why not? You got to link it to your Instagram? I don't need I don't I don't need more like Zuckerberg hands in my life, okay? I'm fine. <laughs> I don't I don't need it. I don't, I don't need that. Now I'm in, I am on Blue Sky although I'm not an active I'm not a super active user at the moment. I got to got to see if there's What's I going on on Blue Sky? Can you tell I I I don't have it on my phone. Very uh you know there's like it's like four different people who, whose tweets I'm always seeing and, and, and stuff on Blue Sky. It's a nice, it's, it's a nice user experience, but uh, yeah, it's like all uh, uh, like Luke O'Neill, David Roth, and uh, somebody uh, and, and Ben Collins. That's like all I see. Okay. There nice. you go. Okay. Anything else? Wait, ben, uh, I'm trying to figure out who is uh, like the NBC. Yeah. Ben Collins. Okay. Okay. Um, now, who? What else did you learn from the other people who spoke after practice? Before we get to yeah, the so Fletcher report? Cox. This was our first time speaking with him since he resigned with the Eagles, and uh, I asked him about his his first real opportunity to be a free agent. Right, he had that that kind of day and a half in 2022, but it really seemed like there was almost a a wink wink deal when the Eagles released him to bring him back. But this was a chance when. He actually hit the open market. 
Uh, and I asked him about that. He says it was a lot of things. He wanted to make sure he made the right decision for himself, make sure it's where he, he wanted to be. Uh, and he said, quote, I didn't want to go nowhere. I thought about it. There were offers on the table, but I wanted to be here. That's where I am now. Um, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they all spoke about when did they? I was going to ask you this. How do you feel? About, yeah, how do you feel about the core four just coming up out of nowhere as a name for these guys? Like, so yeah, so I, I found it interesting. So it, it was it's um, just stolen. Like, <laughs> you can't just, because I do remember in it might have been the New York Post last year or New York Daily News. I, I don't mean to conflate the two tabloids, um, but uh, there was a story about these guys and it was comparing them to the core four of the Yankees, right? You know, your Jeter, Posada, Pettit, and Pettit. Rivera. I was trying to think of the fourth was. Yeah, yeah okay. and Rivera. And I, I didn't know that made its way to Philadelphia. <laughs> and, like, and neither did Jason Kelsey either. He yeah. was like, core four. Because it's not um, a thing. It's like, you just you can't just make that up. I mean, it, I mean, it is I guess, rare to have. I, I respect the like the effort, but how about yeah. a new name? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Um, it is. uh, uh rare to have four guys with the same team throughout their entire career for more than a decade. You know, it, it occurred to me that this, so this is my 12th year covering the Eagles. I'm starting my, I'm, I'm starting year 12 and you know, that's, that's a, a fairly long tenure and there are players on the team who've, who've been there longer. Right. Mm. Um, so uh, that, that's a, that's a rare thing that I think Eagles fans should probably appreciate because I don't know if there's going to be a situation again where you'll have four guys who are with your team for a decade plus, uh, all right, let's figure but, this out. Oh, go ahead. Okay, okay, yeah, but those were a lot of the questions. I did ask questions about how healthy they were. I mean that that jumps out to me because there are so many camps where you're really guys trying are, to trying to jinx them. No injuries are inevitable. Wow, right? you guys are uh, so healthy. I'm curious, and look, it's it's come up because I've been asked uh, in in various radio interviews and whatnot about like their practice schedule and uh, how can you be ready for the season when you take this many days off. How can we be hitting? doing this again a year later <laughs> like, after we did yeah. it last year and they went to the Super Bowl and were very that's healthy. what I said. Like, like, yeah, they were, they, and I'm not saying it's like causing. How effect, short right? are our collective memories? Yeah, yeah, uh, but this very idea true. that you need, you know. Um, I was I was driving into work and I heard them I heard them talk about like how practice used to be with the two a days. It doesn't really happen that much in the in, in the NFL anymore. Anyways, now the Eagles are uh, it, it is even more abnormal than usual. Nick Sirianni said the amount of days off they have are actually the byproduct of when the preseason game falls. Right, they probably want to simulate what a uh, normal week schedule is leading into mm. that Saturday preseason game. Uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, they, they, I think they get the benefit of the doubt based on the way last season went. What kind of cup Absolutely. is that, Bo? It's a Medieval Times uh, plastic cup I'm drinking some water out of. Oh, okay. When were you at, Middle, at, at Medieval Times? Yeah, it's been a while. Okay. But you saved the cup. Yeah, big Medieval Times fan. There you go. Which one? The one by uh, MetLife? Of course. Okay. Delightful. I've only been to one other one, the one in uh, Maryland. But the, I mean, the Lind the Lindenhurst one, beautiful. What a time! Uh, all right, let's figure this out, Zach. Who's Jeter? 
Probably Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, yeah, Kelsey would be. The Gravitas, mm-hmm. the Captain. Okay. <laughs> sure. Now, who's Rivera? I can't. Marissa is going to be geeking out about this conversation. <laughs> uh, Rivera would be. Rivera would be Lane. Probably. I think it's Lane. Like he's yeah. the best at the what best he at does. At what he does. Yes, yeah. Jinx. Okay. Yes. Now, P- Pettit and Posada, who's who? I feel like Pettit is probably Cox, and Posada is probably Graham because that's um, not a great it's not a great analog. Yeah. But I feel like Posada is more uh, beloved, like as a for that specific franchise than he is respected around the league. Where and maybe okay. maybe Pettit's impact was a little bit more. Uh, at his best, yeah. I don't know. You want to you want to re- take the opposite argument? No, I no, I, 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 I will grant you that. I would I would probably I guess compare could... it more to the. I would compare it more to the Phillies core four. Oh, another core four. Uh, which if if we're going with the core four, which is uh, which is obviously Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, and Cole Hamels. Okay, and who's who? So Kelsey's probably Utley in that group. Yeah. I would say that. Mm, good Lane... point in the comments. Maybe Pettit is Lane because they both uh, have been uh, tapped for juicing. Um. Let's see. Gr- Lane is probably. I would say Cox is is probably Rollins, in that he's like really good. Probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Mm. Uh, okay. You know Howard is. I'd say Howard's Lane, and then Hamels is is Graham. Okay. That's pretty good. All right. Yeah. Um, let's get to uh, let's get to the depth chart stuff before we get to what okay. actually happened at practice. Um, and we can sort of run through this now. Um, I think there are probably four positions where you might say the. Starting spot is up for grabs. If you include running back, I probably wouldn't even include running back because it's it's going to be a committee anyway. Interchangeable. Um, sure. And Sirianni said before practice, like you're going to see uh, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell and Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift and Trey Sermon all working with the ones and twos and threes, and they did. We saw that today. All five of those guys were with the ones. Um, so I think that's fine. I think you've got three other spots. Right guard, we know, obviously. And uh, Nick Sirianni said it's not quite the same. It's going. It, it's Cam Jurgens today. He's getting the first shot. We'll see how it goes. So I am curious to see whether this is going to be like it was two summers ago at left tackle when Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard switched off every single day until Dillard got hurt and Mailata won the job. Or if it's going to be like last summer when Isaac Sayamalo was installed as the right guard from day one and never took another rep. Nobody else ever took a rep there. So... Uh, I'm curious to see how that goes. It was Jurgens today. Steen, Tyler Steen, the rookie, was uh, the second team right guard. He had a, a tough uh, two play stretch of pre snap penalties, but um, you know, impossible to, to see today. Other than that, and then you've got linebacker, where aside from Nicobe Dean installed as the guy in the middle, uh, it's Nicholas Morrow or Christian Ellis. And we can talk a little bit more about Christian Ellis, who had another interception today and was rotating with the first-team defense uh, with Nicholas Morrow, so a player to watch. And then at safety, you've got 
what looks like three guys for two spots. Today with the ones, it was Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, and Sidney Brown was all the way down with the threes for now, which I don't think is a big surprise for a rookie to have to work himself up. Kayvon Wallace and Justin Evans were the second-team safeties, but we will see uh, how that plays out over the next couple weeks. Any, so any, any, any surprises to you with the, uh, the first-team depth chart? None whatsoever. Now, I, I suppose the slight surprise would be Christian Ellis uh, being as high up as he was, but not too surprised by that. We've talked about how linebacker is probably the least stable of all the positions. I expected Cam Jurgens to get the first shot, and you asked if it's going to be comparable to the left tackle competition of 2021, and... I don't think they're going to be. A, I don't think it's going to be a one-on, one-off thing. Now, I was about to say that maybe on these these veteran days that Kelsey gets, that's when Steen gets his first team reps. I don't know how many veteran days there will be because those veteran days might just be the walkthroughs, right? right. So, uh, no, I, I I think this is going to be Jurgens's job to lose, but. I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Jurgens gets it. Who plays more snaps uh, on defense this year, Christian Ellis or Nicholas Mora? I'm still saying Nicholas Mora. I'm going to say Ellis. Okay. Probably so. We'll see what happens. I, I, mean, I don't have knows? a strong, yeah, I don't have a strong opinion on it, especially when Christian Ellis keeps getting interceptions. It's, it's like mm. they don't see him. Now, the interception today was not like the, like, leaping, really nice grab he made in the spring, this was Marcus Mariota made just a terrible pass in the in the end zone. Um, that, no offense to you, but you could have intercepted. Why would I be offended by that? Wouldn't I be complimented by that? Know. Like that I could have intercepted it? Yeah, but I'm you mean saying it. Was so it. Easy I'm that saying that it. Even, yeah. yes. even I could have intercepted it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know though. You know, uh, it was it was it was from what eight yards away. I'm sure I had some mustard on it. it but Not that was the thing. Expected. It didn't even have that much mustard on it. Um, Very bad throw. Bad day of practice for Marcus Mariota today, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah give him time. He'll be all right. We'll see. Um, okay. Elsewhere, second team offensive line, just to get it out there. You got Roderick Johnson at left tackle. However, Dennis Kelly was uh, like not really participating fully in practice and he was watching very closely in individual drills the left tackle position i think he is here to be that left tackle we talked about it in the spring that's like the we talked about it a a week ago that that's the number one uh concern like depth wise for me and then they went out and signed dennis kelly so he has been more of a a right-sided player traditionally in his career but uh, it seems like that may be his focus here he had sua opeta at left guard brett toth at center tyler steen at right guard and Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Let's see if I can do the third team off the top of my head behind them. You had Fred Johnson at right tackle. You had Cameron Tom at center. Julian Good-Jones at left guard. Tyrese Robinson at right guard. And Trevor Reed at left tackle, which meant that uh, Chim Okorafor is the guy who did not have a spot today, along with Dennis Look at Kelly. That, Bo. This is... This is this is the Bo hour. I I gotta say, Bo at practice, it's it's like when a dignitary comes. You don't need um, to do this every time. Every time. <laughs> it's true. You got you got people coming up. You got like Eagles Hall of Famers coming up to you. You know, it's it's not the other way around. Well, me and right? Harold Carmichael I mean, are very tight. Yeah, that, I mean, and, and I think Mike Quick at one point. Yeah, right? I, I mean, mean, 
Yeah, they get they get excited to see you. No, I mean, that's that, not true. That, they're just that's nice guys. Something. No, it, I'm, it's 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 like when a dignitary comes. You know, it's it's like uh, it's, it's like the practices when Bob Brady's there. You know, that's that's what it's like when you're there. So, yeah. Uh, defensively, Zach. Uh, let's go to let's go to linebacker where we said it was Morrow and Dean, but Ellis rotating in. Then you had Ellis and Sean Bradley with the twos, and uh, Davion Taylor and Ben Van Sumeren uh, mm. with the threes, and Kyron Johnson back on the edge, not uh, not working as an off-ball linebacker today. So maybe that was just something they did in the spring. We will see. Uh, we talked about safety at corner. No Avante Maddox today, so Zach McPherson got the crack with the first team at nickel. Uh, Josiah Scott rotated in as well. He was otherwise the second team nickel. With the twos on the outside, you had Greedy Williams and Josh Job. And then with the threes, it was Keely Ringo and then a rotation between Makai Garner and uh, Eli Ricks. And I will say, you know, we are we are very far away from proclaiming a Bo Wolf Camp crush. Good first day for Makai Garner, I would say. Around the ball a little bit. You know who who was a uh, Makai Garner fan? Shil Kapadia. Oh, was he the one who did the who had the demonstrative uh, celebration in the spring, well, and that's what Shil liked? Yeah, Shil said to me, Shil I wasn't said, at that." What can practice. you tell me about? Yeah, Shil said, "Well, Shil said, what can you tell me about Makai Garner?" And I, I I gave him the thirty second elevator bio, you know that that you get. So, um, yeah, Shil and you are on the same wavelength again. Uh, and then Tristan McCollum, third team safety mm. with uh, with Sidney Brown. And now defensive line, uh, a little bit interesting because you didn't really have Jalen Carter with the ones. He started actually with the threes and then worked his way up and got some reps with the twos against the ones. Um, it, it opened up. Now, again, no Hassan Reddick. So uh, they were bouncing between even and odd, and odd fronts. With the even fronts, it was what you would expect. Josh Schwett. Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. Although you, you might not have expected Jordan Davis to be getting those snaps with the even man fronts. That was a little bit interesting. And then when they went to the odd fronts, Davis was inside. Milton Williams came on the field. Um, you had Janarius Robinson working in on the edge. Kentavious Street uh, with uh, with the big fellows inside. And then Carter, I thought, made a couple nice plays, actually, and, and and sort of blew up one play in a competitive team drill, the twos against the ones. He sort of got past Landon Dickerson and, and had like a, you know, quote-unquote sack that, that sort of killed the play. Yeah, Janaris Robinson's the guy who, you know, when you come to practice and you're just watching between snaps. He's like, the mama? Oh, who's that? Yeah, like he, he, the, he jumps out to you in terms of, you know, the body type on, on, on the edge. Very Josh Swedish. Uh, but... He didn't jump out in between this, you know, when the ball was snapped today. Well, it's a, it's been a long, it'll be a long summer. We'll see. I thought Josh Sweat had a good day. I didn't particularly notice him very okay. much, but okay. I wasn't watching him closely. Uh, and then Jalen Carter, uh, he had the, on the last period. Well, I mean, well, we'll get to that. We're just doing depth chart notes right now. I don't think we're. I think we're at the end of depth yeah. chart notes, don't you? Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about who the uh, who the punt returners were, or you're good. We're good. Oh, we're good. Okay. And you can read all about this on Bo's practice observations, which will be up any minute. All right. What were the big, uh, the big, the actual action today? What were the big takeaways for you? Aside from, I thought the biggest thing was was that one period where it was the it was the twos on the field in a two on two or you know team drill, twos versus twos, red zone drill, and they had one pre snap penalty, 
Then another pre-snap penalty, and Nick Sirianni gets on the on the on the, the blowhorn and yeah. is really angry. Uh, he's talking about that what happened is a defensive lineman had jumped across, and no offensive lineman reached out to touch him. He's like, "Why is nobody touching him?" Like pre-snap penalties. This is how you lose games. And then mm. on the next play, another one, another pre-snap penalty. This one on the defense that was offsides. That was actually Janarius Robinson. And now Nick Sirianni is he's even even matter like. How do you how do you lose to bad? This is how you lose to bad teams, like uh, just furious. And it was very funny, given the uh, perception of a, of a Nick Sirianni training camp. After he does this, one of the fans uh, who was like standing next to me goes, "Love it, coach." Just <laughs> <laughs> like, like the the yeah. thing that he came for was just to see uh, a concussion uncle yelling at, at at these players. Like that's what they're really here for. Yeah. Um, no. And then on the next play, uh, there was another pre-snap penalty that was flagged, but um, did not get the playoff. Anyway, I think it is all about, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni. Uh, he said before practice, the goal is the only goal is to get better every day. And I think it's a good reminder that, like, start a training camp, uh, you're you're nowhere yet. Like they got a long, long way to go, and they were and they were pretty sloppy today. Agreed. First day, yes. Uh, so you asked what jumped out in terms of the play out there disregarding like you mentioned Sirianni hold on let me just write something down before you say something i want to see if i can predict what you're gonna say i, I know you're gonna predict it and look i called it last year um I, I i'm not going against my eyes okay when my eyes see here uh james bradbury looks oh, oh really that's not good. what i thought you were gonna say and then deandre swift catching the ball out of the backfield yes DeAndre i mean I, I mean i now i'll tell you one thing James Bradbury looked, did look great today. Yeah. So I, 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 I just want to say, you go back to the 2019 training camp, and you're making fun of me for gazing up Josh Sweat. And here okay. we are. Josh Sweat's a Pro Bowl player. Okay. And last year, you're making fun of me for gazing up James Bradbury. And James Bradbury is second yeah, team. You skipped all pro. two years in the middle there, so there must have no. Been there's something there's in those probably players in, in there that um, that I was I was right on as well. You know, you have your camp like you pay attention to the bottom of the roster, <laughs> the true. obscure. Okay, that's true. I'm more focused on like the the guys who are going to have material effect on some okay. guys. All right. Um, I think so, if I can uh, uh, yeah. maybe unfairly defend myself, I think the sweat thing was much worse. The Bradbury thing, I was not saying he's not having a good camp. I was just saying he's been in the league long enough. Like, let's see how it actually goes. You turned out to be right. The sweat thing, I was just, I was just wrong about. I just, yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was gonna well, be that because good. what I, I, I try to do is eliminate, you know, preconceived notions, right? Like, not I take away uh, all the narrative what, what before, and you know, it's, it's like when you're grading a paper and you, and you don't look at the name there. You just look at the paper. Okay. Uh, well, I've so, never been a college professor like you. You're not. Uh, but you'd be a very good one. Um, I don't think that's true. And then, uh, so, no, I thought Swift, Swift looked fluid catching the ball out of the backfield. Now, the caveat is this time of year, like those players yes. tend to jump out more um, because these are still glorified passing camps, right? So you, you, don't, get ahead, you don't get ahead of yourself and then – uh, but I do, I, I follow up what I, I didn't say that on the last podcast out of nowhere that he's going to have an effect in the passing game, because I do believe he's going to have an effect in the passing game. And I think what you saw today is why I, I think he's very fluid in space. 
catching the ball out of the backfield. He's a natural pass catcher, I think. So I I liked what I saw there. Um, again, I, I don't want to just play the highlights, uh, but it seems like every time I write down Tyree Jackson's name, he's catching he's catching the ball in the back of the end zone, like right by the pot, you know, right by the upright. Uh, that's true. That is his spot. Yeah, but it's also, uh, of, of course, that's when you're going to be writing his name down. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> okay, yeah. but it's but it's like it's it's never like a a pass streaking down the sideline or something like that. Yeah. Or uh, it is. I I did think there was a red zone drill where where Goddard caught you know Goddard caught a touchdown and I thought back. Um, I doubt you listened to, uh, to it. Dallas Goddard was on part of my take uh, this off season and. Goddard said something to the effect of Jalen Hurts rushed for his touchdowns last year, and he 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 told them that he's he's good in the touchdown department, like running the ball. He wants to get them uh, passing touchdowns this year, and uh, it's I don't know if he was just trying to be funny or if they like actually had a conversation that Jalen needs to throw the ball to them in the end zone more so they can you know beef up their stats. Uh, but certainly, you know Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard's going to have a huge year as long as he stays healthy. And he was on the way last year. He got hurt. He actually didn't make the Pro Bowl ballot because of it. The only um, reason he's going to have a huge year is because he's nice enough to go up against James Bradbury. <laughs> he's getting locked down by uh, Bradbury yeah. today. Yeah, I, I was I was listening to uh, to actually PBS Shield. I was listening to Shield yesterday uh, on Ryan Rosillo. They were doing the best players by positions, and I mm. think they had him. It's maybe the the fourth best tight end in the league, or. Or thereabouts. I mean, he's he's gonna have a real good year, I think. I mean, we don't have to, you know. I don't know that. I don't know that. Like Ryan Rosillo knows more about tight ends than you do. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I'm just. I, it, it was fresh in my mind because I'd, I'd venture to say you know more. I would like to think so. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So how, how 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 would you have him? I, I haven't done tight end rankings, um, okay. but uh, yeah, I, I think they they need to put a little more credit to Kyle Pitts. I, I think there's like a, Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be really good this year. Um, speaking of the Falcons, of by the way, do. I I, I got a bunch Simmons, of yeah. I mean, I, I got would a have bunch of messages. Fourth. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. No, I I would agree. There was uh, I I think he's up there for number three potential even. It right? depends on how uh, healthy Kittle is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, People want to know your reaction to Arthur Smith's mustache. Yeah, I'm so grateful to you for making this such a big part of my life. Um, I actually don't, I don't think I did. Reaction. I think listeners did. No, okay. this is all you. Um, I don't have any reaction. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, I'm not growing a mustache. Have you considered it? Have you ever had Never. a mustache? Um, only as a joke. Like if okay. I have grown a beard and I'm shaving and I save a piece of a mustache just to take uh, some funny pictures, but yeah. That's and about and it. what does Rachel say? Is she is she a fan of that or? Oh, she thinks I'm I'm so funny. Okay. Um, where were we? <laughs> you asked Goddard? me about players who stood out, and I I, I mentioned uh, that Tyree Jackson had the touchdown in the back of the end. Oh, zone. I want to talk about I want I want to respond to DeAndre Swift a little bit. Sure. Um, Fire away. So I think it's notable that, like, the things that they were installing on day one of camp, uh, I thought there were two things that were interesting. One is that there were a lot of quarterback run plays. 
and this goes to the uh, embracing the uniqueness of my game. Um, there, you know, there were a couple easy touchdown runs for Jalen Hurts, but also for Marcus Mariota. Um, and then, yeah, there were like four straight passes to DeAndre Swift. Now, some of those were actually most of those were with the second team offense. Um, but I think that's what he's here to do is is to be their receiving back out of the backfield. Um, you know, we have talked about it before. I, I wrote about it in the uh, piece that's on the site today on the rundown of the offense. I was I was even a little bit surprised at just how bad they were at throwing, throwing to running backs last year. Not only were they they threw it to running. No, well I know Zach, but you've but, but you, you haven't talked about all of these things. They <laughs> okay. threw it to running backs less often than any team in the league. But they were also when they did throw it to running backs, they were the second worst team in the league. Yeah. Um. So in just in terms of you know EPA per play on those plays. Um, so that is an opportunity for the offense to get a lot better. And as you have said, if Dallas Goddard and AJ Brown and Devonte Smith are all healthy, it's not like you're going to be force feeding the ball to Deandre Swift, but in lieu of adding another impact receiver or tight end, it makes sense that that's an area for them to improve on. I just don't think that, um, I think what you said earlier is right. That like, he is the kind of player who's, who should look good right now. And if he doesn't look good and dynamic right now, that's a red flag. Um, but I, I, I am I am not ready to say like he's going to lead the team in carries and and uh, is going to be like the bell cow for the offense. I think we've got a long way to go. For oh, that. No. Yeah, no, I, I think that they are going to have a committee. Uh, I do think he's going to catch the ball quite a bit. And I think today I there's a, there's two things I've, I've said about this offense. Well, I've said a few things about this offense throughout the offseason. But two of the things I've said is that Jalen Hurts is still going to run the ball quite a bit uh, because they're going to lean into what Jalen does well. And that they're going to throw the ball to the backs this year. It's going to be, I think, an extension of their running game, to use that expression. I, I think you might see fewer running back carries and more passes to the running back. I don't think these these catches are going to come at the expense of Devontae, AJ, uh, and, you know. And, well, you would and think there's going to be fewer running back carries in general just because they don't figure to play in as, as many blowouts, right? They, exactly. That as, too. Head yeah. by as much, yeah. Exactly. They're 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 not going to have these second halves where they have, you know, five, six, seven pass attempts, right? There there's there's going to be more of those. I think they're going to, you know, it's an obvious thing in football. They're going to try to get into more second and manageable situations. They can do that obviously with a six yard pass to Swift, eight yard pass to Swift. So uh, yeah, I I think Swift's going to have a big year catching the ball, uh, and I'm not going to back down from that. I thought that going into practice, I think that even more now. Well, I mean, you shouldn't overweight the value of one practice. No, but we're literally doing a podcast after the first <laughs> practice. I can't I can't talk about I can't talk about the next eight. I can only talk about the one we observed. We have so many we have so long to have the, the Jalen Hurts running conversation. I, I yeah. don't want to belabor it right now, but like I'm sorry. If it's week three, I don't need like you don't need to have Jalen Hurts running the ball eight times. Like, it, you, this team is needs to be playing the long game, um, and I just it, I'm a little bit worried about it. That's all. Um, I'm curious if if you'd rather be like um, a an evaluator or a forecaster, right? When when you're saying and. I'm curious from the from the not to get deep here from a consumer perspective. Do you mm. like the evaluations or do you like the forecasts of it? In other words, do you like when someone tells you what they think the team should do, or what they tell you, or when they tell you what they think the team's going to do? 
Well, it depends on my opinion of the yeah. evaluator. Sure. Um, okay. You know, if if it's like I'm doing fantasy football research, then yeah, yeah. tell me the tell me the forecast, give me the prognostication. But yeah. if it's someone whose opinion I trust um, and who has proven to have a good feeling for things, then yeah, I think that would I think that matters more. I tend to stick more to the forecasting. Is what I'm saying. Like like this is this is what you can expect. Like not this is what I would do, but this is what I think they're going to do. Sure. Okay. okay. It's a it's your it's your uh, your mock draft versus your big board. There you go. That's that's a better way of framing it. Yes. Um, anything else on offense that was interesting to you? Mariota did not have a particularly good day. He, um, he did not. Yeah. <laughs> he looked bad. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you know, he's been around long enough that one practice is not a big exactly. deal. Exactly. He, he looked bad. Yeah. Um, First time really they, getting eyes on uh, Tanny McGee. What'd you think? On Tanner McKee? Yeah. He's tall. He's, he's tall. I mean, they're all tall to me, right? Yeah, but, well. uh, you know, when he stands next to Ian Book when they're, when they're watching drills, uh, you, you can see he's all six foot six. Didn't, I didn't have a full. Uh, yeah, well, so he's splitting reps with Ian Book with the third team, so they're, they're both yeah. getting time. Um, he's, you know, he's better than Clayton Thorson and, uh, mm-hmm. and Carson Strong. I'm willing to say that right now. Okay. Don't, don't have much on the offensive line. Uh, I'll, I'll read your practice observations to pick that up. Uh, well, yeah, there's, watch- not, there's not much in there on, yeah. from today's practice. Oh. There were no one-on-ones or anything. There was, today's practice was mostly uh, red zone. Well, it was all red zone work, you know, team mm-hmm. drills and seven-on-seven. Seven, so, um, On defense, we talked about Ellis. That was you know not, not the world's greatest play, but uh, he, he continues to be around the ball. That's nice. Um, I'm trying to think what else stood out. The the Jalen last Carter, series, yeah. Jalen Carter penetrated. Had you know he he was in the quarterback's face, uh, and that's what you want to see from uh, from Jalen Carter. Like there's, I I I know there's going to be these stories that come out. I'm not. I don't mean to throw water on them about like Jalen Carter and, and Jordan Davis. It was one day. Yeah, the, the, the team's excited about Jordan Davis in, in year two. Uh, the team's obviously excited about John Carter. They drafted him at number nine overall. It was it was one day, and there wasn't – it was 58 minutes today, right? So that said, I think the depth chart notes are interesting with, with Davis. Uh, I'm, I'm real curious to see how Davis looks as a pass rusher. I'm, I'm more bullish on him as a run stopper than – I think you've been in 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 some of your writing, um, and I I get that. Uh, last year they actively sought to upgrade that after the injury. Um, Jimmy Kemsky was asking a line of questioning today to a few people that that's similar to what you wrote about actually yesterday, where where you wrote that defensive tackles historically take a longer time early in the, in their careers, and with that expectations should be kept in check for. Jalen Carter, but I also think that's 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 evidence of why, like we shouldn't have a, a full conclusion or a strong conclusion on Jordan Davis after last year. I still think there's so much talent and want to there. Well, I don't know about the want to. Okay. I don't think I don't think anybody we don't know we don't know about the want to. But, okay. I mean, are you definitively here to say that he has elite want to? I am not. I'm not saying he has elite ones. Okay. No. I, Who knows? I, I, I don't know that. Um, I think he's. I'm. I, I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit lower than consensus. What you're yeah. saying, but I think it's. I, 
I'm, 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 I'm mostly preaching patience um, and caution, like for the reasons that we talked, like it is a position that takes longer, but I was not like blown away by his impact in the running game last year. Their numbers were better when it was Linval Joseph on the field than they, they were with him. Um, and I think that speaks to his particular skill set uh, being a dominant, you know, run defender, if that is what he is, is not um, necessarily worth a, the 13th overall pick. If it's a thing that you can sign in the middle of the season and get, you know, good production from, if that's the value of that, it's a little bit more about the resource allocation. And if, you know, the, the night he was drafted, Howie Roseman said, if he doesn't turn into a good pass rusher, this is not a good pick, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is every reason to think that we need to wait for that to see if it's going to show up or not. Um, there, you, we, you know, we can talk about the defensive tackles in, uh, in recent history who have all taken until year three or year four to, to pop. But this is also a guy who played, and we don't have to get back into the Georgia defense conversation, but he played for four years in college and never had pass rush production, and he didn't have any last year. He didn't have a lot of opportunities either. And I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have this year, but it's just like uh, this is this is something that's going to that's going to take some time either way. I hear you. My pushback to that is whenever you you bring up they signed someone off the street who was better than him, you, you make it sound like they signed Rohit Verma or Jim McHugh. Uh, those are people in our chat for our audio listeners. They signed a two-time Pro Bowler. Right, Linval Joseph is is sure. not just they like, could have signed uh, Linval Joseph wired. last April and used the thirteenth okay. overall pick on somebody else, Kyle Hamilton, who I think is going to be really good. Um, but I I, th I think Jordan Davis is going to be is is going to be good. I, I I don't I don't take that to be a really strong argument at this point. I I, I think uh, I agree Jordan Davis needs to be more of a factor as a pass rusher, um, but. I'm I'm not as underwhelmed by him as you are. I mean, they were they were one of the ten worst run defenses in the league, okay. the first half of the season yeah. when he was their nose tackle. So I thought they. I what thought amazing the impact game, was he making? I thought the Steelers game he played well. He played he played oh, well. Okay, good. He, he had hurt. one game. That's fantastic. And then he got hurt. Yeah. Okay, but so don't but just don't tell me that he was like the key to their impressive run defense. Never once said those words. Never well, I mean, once framed it that way. You're telling Never me you're making once. a bad argument because because Linval Joseph was good, but I'm just saying you're talking about Lin, like they signed someone off the street who was better. They signed a two-time Pro Bowler. Okay, right? they replaced him and they got better in the middle of the season. Is Correct. that not what As happened? Defense. No, no, no. Okay, all right. Let's let's uh, let's give Jordan Davis time to breathe here. That's fine. Well, I yeah. mean, because we know that nobody wants it more than him. <laughs> You're feisty on the day one. Like Dawkins. I, can, I can only imagine what you're going to be like on Sunday afternoon, right? Um, well, you know, we should talk about uh, we should talk about our birds with friends schedule okay. for, for training yeah, camp. Our plan at this point uh, is daily pods, unless it's the weekend, and nothing super newsworthy has happened. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not going to subject Kent uh, nor you to uh, training camp quactus uh, reports on the weekend unless something very newsworthy has happened. So yes. that's the plan for now, which means we'll have a podcast on Friday and we won't have one on Sunday. 
unless Jordan Davis shows up just <laughs> ripping people's heads off because he wants it that he wants it that bad. <laughs> Or Makai Garner has an interception. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else? Anything else from practice you'd like to discuss? Uh, th- there was some Nolan Smith buzz that I saw when I was on X. Are we, call- are we calling it Twitter or are we calling it X? <laughs> yeah, tell us more about when you were on X. Zach. <laughs> I'd love to. I um, wish we had a camera on you. Uh, you were popping X. So uh, I think you should. Yeah, there was I some, think you should do X at practice. Uh, there was some Nolan Smith buzz. Uh, look, I, I think I think Nolan Smith's gonna pop on a lot of these days. He's quick around the edge. Uh, he's he's a good athlete. He's someone who I don't want to give the football cliche here when the pads come on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that, but. What you what you are curious to see with Nolan Smith is in in those like real true pass rushing situations. How does he look there? Um, but I I'm I'm the first one who would be bullish on on Nolan Smith. I I thought the Eagles were going to pick him number ten overall, right? Before I I, I correctly mocked the Eagles taking him in the first you, round. You did so. not. You did not correct. <laughs> you were, there was nothing correct about that, and that was uh, prognostication, not forecast, not or that was fuck. Forecasting, not yeah. evaluation. Well, no, I mean, they, I, uh, I said the Eagles were going to take him in the first round. They took him in the first round. I mean, we're just those gonna, are you, that is that you know that that is not fair. We do not need this is one of we your, don't need your, to relitigate your, your, your most re- uh, unethical arguments you've ever made. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I think Nolan Smith's going to be. He has the chance. I, I, I should say to be a a, a really good player. And I also uh, think that development. I think that your pads comment is is a good one because I think his particular skill set is a little yeah. bit like DeAndre Swift. Like he should be flashing right now. Exactly. He should That's look. My point. We should see his athleticism showing up. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I mean, if a uh, if you have a two hundred forty pound edge rusher, and on on days when they're not pat in in pads, if he's not like he's quick around the edge, right. then he's probably not. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what he's here for. That's a good point. I see. I see. There's more Jordan Davis conversation in the side i am not saying jordan davis is a bad player or is going to be a bad player i'm only saying that people who are telling me he was great he was a great run stopper last year i i disagree with we, he's still got a he's got a long runway and a long career ahead of him i i and i hope he's great but I, I the only thing that i'm saying is that he wasn't that good last year that's fine he, we, we, he didn't need to be that's all um you're feisty today, man. I don't feel. I don't even feel that feisty. You don't feel feisty. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, I guess that's. I guess that's about. Did you time the punters? Uh, I didn't time it, but time. but I mean, Aaron Sipos looked way better today. Yes. You know, uh, here's a here's a really in depth uh, analysis. Aaron Sipos's punts went uh, higher and farther than Ty Zetner's today. <laughs> So this is an interesting boat question here. If Aaron Sipos and Tanner McKee both make the team, who needs to change their number? Hmm. Does Sipos get it as the veteran, or does McKee get ten as the quarterback? I think I gotta Sipos. think McKee keeps it. Yeah. Oh, I think Sipos keeps it because he's been on the team. I think it goes to the veteran. No, because they changed McKee's number this year. I I think they want their punter in the forties. Is my guess. I think hmm. they're gonna save those uh, because the quarterback can only be from from one to nineteen. Right. Hmm. And 
the punters now can can be in the 40s. There's so many numbers in the 40s that are like undesirable numbers that I think they make their punters be the, you know, 47, 48, 49 numbers. That's so 46. degrading. I think 49 is going to be like the, the designated punter number. I could be wrong. It's a big take by you. I feel like you're really going out on a limb. This is a fun. This is going to be a fun one to follow. <laughs> fun thing to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, now, uh, longtime listeners will remember that uh, Kent, our beloved Kent, uh, is a big big movie fan, big cinephile. He's got his he's got uh, his own movie podcast. And Zach was excited to tell mad him about before. movies, right? Mad about mad about movies. That's right. Yes. Um, uh, excited to tell him before we recorded that uh, he went to the movies. The other day, Ken would be proud of him. And, you know, mm-hmm. of, of course, you know, everybody's swept up in Barbenheimer fever. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was guessing that you probably went to see Oppenheimer. But I was really tickled by your reason for it, which was not like, oh, you know, like I've, I've always loved these. I mean, I've always loved Christopher Nolan's movies or like I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. You just, you know, said uh, candidly, I love American history. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with that. Um, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, so the the uh, I I've gone to the movies with my son, um, but in the past I don't know five years maybe the only movies I've seen in theaters have been with my son. Like I haven't gone. Mm. I, I I used to go back in in the day a bit like by myself, which is what I did for Oppenheimer. I went on it's one of my night. dreams. I mean, one yeah, of my, one of my favorite things to do. Good yeah, nine o'clock showing. Uh, yeah, I I I, I went you to get, check get that me out. Give me to the Ritz. Give me to the Ritz at noon. Um, and so. Uh, no, I, I was I was real curious to see. I've read, I've, of course, I've read, I've read books and seen documentaries on it and wanted to see it in, uh, in it, I, I wanted to see the film and it, I, I thought it was really well done. Okay. So, yeah, I recommend funny. it. I don't know why that's funny, though. It's it's an American history. It's, it's just a it's, nice little... It's a movie it's a, about American history. Yeah, but it's not a documentary. It's a movie. Yeah, but I'm not interested in seeing like i wouldn't go on a random sunday night to see uh a fictitious movie about someone who created a bomb okay like i this is based on a true story well yeah but it's based it's not it's not a true story no but it's it's uh it's a form of nonfiction, right so is it yeah it's literally called oppenheimer (laughs) he's uh he's he's a He's not. He's you don't not think a fictitious there were liberties character. taken in the movie? Oh, of course there were liberties taken, but that's it's it's a form of. Uh, I think it's a form of nonfiction. All right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't dare be caught dead just seeing a regular movie. I I, I saw. Uh, hold on, we're getting. <laughs> um, we got a, a, a chat from from Kent review of. Florence Pugh's performance. Which one's Florence Pugh? I haven't seen the movie yet. His oh, it's for oh, okay. All right, I don't want to give it away. I thought all the performances were real. I, I thought the pace of the movie was really good. It had me on edge. Um, and uh, no, the, I, so the the last movie I probably saw in theaters for me was Ken Burns' uh, Civil War. <laughs> no, it was. Um, I saw Creed two in theaters. I'll probably of say course. Creed too. Also, yeah. another bi- another biography. <laughs> well, that's not. That's literally that's a fictional character. <laughs> I mean, about just as fictional, but that's okay. 
<laughs> what else is going on in Berm World? I uh, was was excited to see you today. I was excited to be at training camp. Um, yeah, How's the love book this coming? time of year. It's coming along. Working hard on it. Um, right yeah, now, my that priority I, that I know to be true. Right now, my priority is training camp. Right, um, but when I have time here and there, I will. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll be working on the book. Mm. Class is finished, and yeah, back at work now. What about you? What's how many A's did you give out in the class? Um, I'm trying to think here. That's like. I don't and did you like? Had, did you had your hand? Because like, I, did you, I did want you every grade to be in. The, no grading. So uh, grading was actually the 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 most challenging part of the course mm. for me, because of how subjective it, it was. I had a hard time uh, differentiating between like what's what's an eighty six compared to an eighty nine compared to a ninety three. You know, mm. uh, like you can tell something that's that's really exceptional, and you can tell something that 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 probably needs a little more work, but. Um, yeah, I, I I really appreciated the effort, and like I I, I probably um, I if if they put in like the effort and they were creative and they they uh, they showed some ingenuity, I I would lean toward um, you know being lenient or generous with the grades in in that respect. Now, did you was it like was it like a full curve or did you just play no? It, it by wasn't the book? a curve. Yeah, there was, but uh, there was. Uh, there was a rubric that I loosely followed. I, I didn't okay. want it because, again, I uh, the, I, I don't want to monopolize this conversation here. I'm curious. Uh, yeah, so the final project was, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. I don't think that was my course. Um, <laughs> the final project was they had to uh, create a podcast, uh, do a, uh, a, an, a video, and wow. write an article. Uh, and... That leaves itself to a lot of interpretation. A, a, a right? solo podcast, uh, like or a could they do, or they no. It was like a seven to ten minute no a solo seven to ten minute podcast. Wow, that's and tough. then like a, a sixty to ninety second video, and then they on had different to, subjects or and then they like, had to write an, an article. Uh, well, they had to do an interview, and they had to have a game incorporated in this because one of the modules was on, was on game coverage. And then oh, another I part you of meant it like had a to game be in the podcast, like they had to play turkeys to the kingdom. N- no, so they could do – so it had to incorporate interviews because we talked about interview skills. It had to incorporate game coverage because we talked about game coverage, which which you um, so expertly provided information on. And uh, they uh, – and it had to have analysis too. So they could split that up however they wanted. They could do a podcast on a game. They can do a video on the game. They could do the interview in the podcast and – have analysis on on the game, right? It was like dealer's choice in, in that regard, but they had to use these different uh, these different elements, and I I thought it was a way to kind of empower the students to to choose what what worked for them. But it did, did leave a lot of room for interpretation. That's why I was uh, pretty loose with the rubric. Were there uh, think about any Fs? Uh, no, no, no. I I appreciated all my students. They were uh, yeah, they 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 worked hard. They were into they were into the class uh and they were all juggling other things going on right this was grad school where you know they they have other jobs on the side so i i really appreciated them okay what's up I with you like you're looking at it you had new kicks <laughs> i mean yeah over the over since the last time you saw me in person i have acquired one new pair of shoes <laughs> 
Yeah, they look good on you. Twenty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, big, big up. <laughs> I don't know why you life. keep bringing up the price. It has them. They were. Well, you're saying like I like I showed up in like flashy new Jordans today. Like just you're just walking around. That wasn't shoes. the the suggestion at all. I, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you got them. I thought they were they were nice. How's how's your tennis game going? I haven't played in a while. No, you're on the golf yeah. course a lot this summer. Right. I got a little. I got a few games yeah. in. Got to yeah. play yesterday. Uh, in between some rain, not a, not a whole round, but I played pretty well. I was disappointed not to get to finish the game, but uh, but you know what? I'm really I'm more focused on the softball. And yeah, uh, how's that going? Well, it's 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 going okay. We had, unfortunately we had a tie on Monday night. I mean, a how tie. Is that yeah. How do you end in a tie? Was it was uh, there rain? No, it was just like the other the other the game the next game had to start. When we had that, we 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 had the bot. We had the top of our lineup coming up, and the bottom of the seventh, we 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 couldn't get it done. Very hmm. disappointing. Shortstop, how'd you uh, how'd you play? Well, you know me, Zach. Uh, I was I was four for four, but I'm beating myself up for not not hitting a home run in the in the last inning to win the game. That's and I okay. Gotta gotta be hard on yourself. No, but how about uh, how's your defense? Uh, it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Is one is, one play I wish I I had made. Is shortstop as valuable in softball? I would think like I would rather be the center fielder in, in softball. You're probably getting a lot more pop ups than you are grounders, aren't you? Um, not only is that offensive, it's also incorrect. But um, why is that <laughs> offensive? <laughs> because of course I'm going to play the most valuable position. Yeah, so I would think yeah, though no, in softball, center field would be more valuable. Center field than... is valuable, uh, no doubt. But I think, uh, well, first Arm... of all, it's a it's a shortish field. Um, okay. So they're they're now, and I would also say our center fielder Jake's very good. Um, okay. So we're we're covered there. Um, I think it's a different. It's a it's a more uh, rare skill set. I'm just saying, based on the trajectory of the pitch. It's harder yeah, to I hit ground balls. I understand what you're saying. There aren't there aren't that many more fly balls than than ground balls. That is really? not how it works out. Yeah. Uh, okay, that surprises me. Okay. When I play baseball, I probably, I mean, uh, I probably hit more grounders than when I hit softballs. When I hit softballs, you have a little pop to it, right? So. Well, I, I mean, I get. I don't. I don't yeah. really know what you're saying, but <laughs> uh, having done it, it's not accurate. Okay. That's okay. Uh, all right. I'm happy to. I'm happy to be here with you again. <laughs> yeah, you too. I, I haven't been ripped on enough during the past few weeks, so it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I was ripping on you. <laughs> it's good to be back. I was uh, just being yeah. offended. It's good to be back. Uh, it humbles me, right? So. Okay. Um, yeah, my understanding is Friday is going to be even lighter of a practice than it was today. Uh, it's a yellow day. Today was a green day. So, so you're plugged in. We'll see what happens. But um, maybe Sunday will be a fantastic practice and we'll have no choice but to pod Sunday afternoon. All depends on, on what Makai Garner does. What is the actual schedule, Zach, if you if if it's worth uh, updating our, our listeners? Yeah, I'll be happy that. to do that um, because actually we are more privy to it, obviously, than the audience is. Uh, so the upcoming schedule here. The Eagles practice on Wednesday, which was today. Okay, uh, Tomorrow's a walkthrough. Friday, they have practice. Sean Desai speaks before practice. 
Saturday's a day off. Then Sunday's practice. Monday is a walkthrough. Tuesday is practice. Wednesday's a day off. Thursday's practice. Friday's practice. Saturday is a walkthrough. Sunday, August 6th, is the public practice. For anyone who uh, who wants to attend, that's at Lincoln Financial Field at 7 p.m. Proceeds go to the Eagles Autism Foundation. Monday is a day off. Tuesday is a walkthrough. So then we're back at practice Wednesday, Thursday, and all of a sudden you're at the preseason opener against the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Quick, man. Where you can see Jordan Davis against Kyle what Hamilton. Is that, like five right? practices before the preseason? Like nine, I think. One, two, That's three, wild. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine sessions. Uh, and then when they get back uh, from, from uh, the preseason game, the Cleveland Browns are in town for the highlight of the summer. Michael Dunn mm. going up against Jalen Carter. Uh, and hopefully we see Marissa and Madison as well. Uh, and then after that game, Shane Steichen comes to town. We'll be pumped mm. to see Bo again. Um, and Yeah. Uh, and we can see Anthony Richardson and we can see James Boyd. Uh, so looking forward Gardner to that. Minshew. Yeah, Gardner Minshew. Pryor. Is he still there? I don't know. Yeah. Impossible to say. Yeah. No way to look it up. I see God uh, in the in the chat. Someone says, "Let's chit chat more about the Eagles." <laughs> You're speaking my language, John. Yeah. Guess what? John <laughs> Where have Russell? you been the past Go five years? <laughs> Find a different show. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, day one in the books, sloppy, but the start of a, of a long marathon, the practice of uh, the pod easier to only get better on, on day two. If you start with a sloppy day one, probably both, I'd say, um, here we go for Zach and Kent and Madison and Deandre Swift pro bowl running back. I'm Bo. We will uh, talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being uh, in the chat, except for that one guy. And as always, we love you.